Hello and welcome to Versus, the show where nerds do what nerds do best, argue. I'm Caitlin Hempstead, and this week I will be representing Black Widow. And I'm Adam Peacock, and this week I am representing MIF agent Ethan Hunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> MIF. They were too chicken to yeah. say FBI. They, yeah, well, I don't think they could say CIA either. <laughs> well, actually, that's not true because they get absorbed in the CIA in one of the movies. So I think MIF is just one thing they just made up. That must be one of the classic things from the old series that, like, you couldn't say that yeah. during the Cold War. No, heavens no. Heavens no. Uh, Adam, it's a delight to be here with you today. I can't wait to talk about these characters. We're going to dive right in with opening arguments. So you have two minutes to state your case of why Ethan Hunt is better, cooler, more interesting, more fun than Black Widow. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. All right. Go. Caitlin, this is going to be tough for me because I don't know jack shit about Ethan Hunt. And I think that is the way that they want it. Mm. That's how our heroes who work undercover, spooks, inspectors, sleight of hand, cloak and dagger, that's who these guys, men and women, that's what they need to be. What I do know is that Mr. Hunt, Ethan Matthew Hunt, by the way, I do know his middle name. Nice. He was an army ranger and an MIF agent from 1988 up until the present. Now, Caitlin, for this, I'm going to stick with just the first Mission Possible movie, the very first introduction of Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt. And that plot is very, very, very convoluted. At least I thought so, but maybe I'm just too dumb to know the difference. Although I do know that it does posit a world where John Voight is married to a man, Emanuela Beret, I believe uh-huh. is how you say her name, Mm-mm. the beautiful French actress. Mm-mm. But crazy old Republican John Voight got himself a smoking hot French lady <laughs> in the first Mission Impossible movie. But the premise of the movie is they're trying to get a list of all the MIF operatives and it goes haywire. It's a big cross. It's a double cross to find out who the mole is. And in order to get to the bottom of who the mole is, Ethan Hunt actually breaks into the MIF agency and steals a list. And then he trades up and finds out that John Voight's been the mole the whole time. <gasps> and at the end, there's this beautiful fight on a train, on a bullet train. It's incredible. And he's redeemed. He clears his name. Ethan Hunt is so good at spy work that he steals from his boss. The minute he finds out his boss double crosses him, he's like, you know what? Fuck you, man. I'm going to steal from you. And he breaks into his own office and he steals documents and they don't do a single thing about it. Not only that, is this man's leaping all over the place. He's jumping over buildings and breaking ankles. And he's really, really willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Ethan Hunt is a man of many things, a man of many missions, and a man of many convictions. But what he'll always do is the right thing. Mm. And that's why Ethan Hunt is the better character. Beautifully put. I forgot about that train fight. Oh, baby. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. That rules. It rules It is very cool. (laughs) Well, same to you. Uh, Before we get into those conversations, Caitlin, put two minutes on the clock. I want to hear why Black Widow is better than Ethan Hunt. I'm so glad you brought up uh, Ethan Hunt's pure morality because I'm going to actually turn that back and roundhouse kick it into your face, much like Natasha Alyanovna Romanov, a.k.a. Natasha Romanoff. She is morally fraught. You never know where you stand with her, much like with the USSR. There are allies. There are enemies. They're Putin. Who are they? They're Natasha. So we meet her in the comics. She starts out as a straightforward antagonist to Iron Man, first appearance in Tales of Suspense in 1964. By 66, she's got her little catsuit costume and her tech, uh, and she's defected to the U.S., and by the 70s, she's got the full look 
and is a member of the Avengers. Great, she's a friend. No, shut up. Because actually, she's a fun, sexy Cold War spy who's been brainwashed and then re-brainwashed and then unbrainwashed and then maybe kind of brainwashed again. And is love the ultimate brainwashing? Maybe, because she and Hawkeye do some stupid shit for each other. Who can keep up? Obviously, in the movies, we meet her in Iron Man 2. And by then, Cold War's over, and you're like, Caitlin, do we really need a sexy Russian spy? Do we need someone who says they were trained at the Bolshoi Ballet and wears high-heeled boots to fight? And I say yes, because there's nothing I love more than fucked up dark ballet stories. And finally, we get some goddamn dance numbers in a Marvel movie slash comic book. Her character biographies changed a lot. Sometimes she's raised by her chauffeur. Sometimes she's raised by Mother Russia in this one big weird red room. What are her powers? Eh, whatever they need to be in the moment because of implants, nanobites. She heals really fast. She's great at every single martial art. She whips ass in every way that one possibly can. At one point, she pilots a ship of Earth's last survivors. So I guess she's also a pilot. And a gifted hypnotist in the Mutant X timeline. What can't she do? She can't be faithful. She's devious. She's unpredictable. She's a double-crosser. But she's so cool that you never even care, because in spite of having some of the worst hair in the Marvel movies, she is awesome. I find that was very good. Thank you. Uh, I find it. I'm so excited and happy that you mentioned faithfulness in relationships in this. <laughs> Before we, I was talking to a buddy today. Why did everybody get so mad that Black Widow and Hulk were like circling each other in the Avengers movies? So, okay, here's my, can I tell you my theory on that? Yes, because I have no idea why that, why that happened. I think we're all team Jeremy Renner right now and for a really good reasons. Okay. But I also think that we as a culture should acknowledge that he has on camera the sexual charisma of a potato. Jeremy Renner does? Yes. And I think what happened is they were teeing up because there's a lot of like um, Black Widow Hawkeye stories. And I think they were like, oh no, <laughs> what have we done? Well, I, uh, and they were like, who else? Uh, everybody likes Mark Ruffalo. Maybe they fall in love. Yeah. I like the Mark Ruffalo thing. I thought that was good. And you are right about Jeremy Renner. I know. I know. Poor I think- babe. He's so good at so many things. He is. And look, I mean, it's not like it's all bad. I don't know for certain, but I'm willing to bet that they probably didn't sleep together, but they were definitely rolling around with their shirts off at one point, I'd imagine, right? I think they almost got to third. Like she was going for third and he was like, I don't know. I, I, I really need to be in love. Yeah. That's an interesting point because I would love to hear about Ethan's little liaisons because I don't really remember. He only has, he's married in the movies to, to Julia, Julia Mead played by Michelle Monaghan, who, you know, babe. Yeah. But there's something that I found that I was so excited to read to you. And it's, I just bear with me for a minute. This is from Vlad Dima writing in the Bright Lights Film Journal. Okay. And they say, One less obvious element, though, is the myth that slowly develops over the span of the series and comes to full bloom and fallout. Is Ethan Hunt's eternal quest to become the perfect man? Dima said (laughs) Ethan Hunt comes from a long line of action heroes and that the character and the films have become more like James Bond and Jason Bourne. Hunt erases all of the weaknesses we have ever noticed in any of those screen heroes. (laughs) He is unlike Bourne, knowing his status as a, quote, good guy— and unlike Bond and not womanizing, having cared about only two women. Dima says this personal detail seems to be an important requirement in the mythology of the perfect man. That is so 
interesting. I never saw it before. And now it's all I can see is that Tom Cruise was like, what if it, yeah, what if it was Jason Bourne, but he was not morally ambiguous and he only wanted to kiss his wife? Well, that's why I picked the first one because it so clearly becomes Ethan Hunt, at least in my opinion, the Ethan Hunt character goes away after Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 1. And then the rest of the movies are just Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's like, and he's like, how fast can I run off the wing of a plane and dive into a jacuzzi? This yes. fast. Yeah, it just becomes the guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that is re- Does he have more weaknesses in the first movie? Like, is he more human? Because he's got um he's got Fast and the Furious drift where it starts out as like, this is a racing movie. And then it's like, let's launch a car out of a cannon. Well, that's the first one tried to play it. Let's make this an actual spy movie. Mm. And then they were like, fuck that. We're going to get rid of all that and just make Tom Cruise <laughs> jump off a bunch of stuff. Speaking of spies, I think it's really, I think they're both sort of born out of this moment where like being a, sc- a spy was a thing that you could be because I feel like spies mm-hmm. now are just like people on laptops who are like setting up bot farms to- They're like, nerds. Yeah, they're nerds now. It's not cool to be a spy anymore. Yeah. And I, I'm interested to see, like, which one do you think is a better spy? I- Man, that's tough because they both really make themselves noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you walk yeah. into a room and you are Scarlett Johansson, unfortunately, yeah, you're not going to blend in. And then Tom Cruise blew up that huge fish tank in the first one. So, like, you know, that's going to make the papers. <laughs> Who is the better spy? I'm going to say it's Ethan Hunt because they actually do spy work in the movie a little bit. Yeah, I think that pretty immediately in the movies, as in the comics, they were like, it's less interesting to have her be a spy and more interesting for her to just be friends with these guys. Yeah. And kick butt. But we do, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I don't remember which movie it is, but there's a scene where she's like tied up in a black dress and this guy's interrogating her. And then Agent Coulson calls her and it turns out she was doing the interrogating because she got the interrogator to give up his stuff. And then that she's just like, wacha, wacha, Avengers 1. It was Avengers 1. Uh, wacha, wacha, wacha. And she uses the chair as a weapon. So I think, like, they both give up on spying pretty quickly, but I think she's better. I mean, I I will agree that they both do give up on spying very quickly. <laughs> and then just lean into stunts and kissing. You were talking earlier about brainwashing and nanobots and all sure. that fun stuff. I think when am I not? <laughs> I would I mean that's all you talk about. <laughs> I think Ethan is a better, I guess, physical spy because he's doing all of this on his own accord. He's not Ooh. being brainwashed into doing any of this. He's just doing it because he likes doing it. That's a really good point. I I have to, I can't even fight that one because she's got all these like brain implants and white blood cell f- fixing machines and stuff. Yeah. And he's just doing it on good old American muscle. To go back to the relationship thing, I, I don't think it's ever going to work out because he's never going to walk away from this. Yeah. So every woman he loves will eventually become collateral. I mean, that's what happened to Julia. Oh, Julia. In one, of the, in one of the later movies, he had to fake murdering her so he could go to jail to get a piece of key information. Oh, yeah. And then he, like, finds her on a mountain and she's like, I'm a Nepalese surgeon now. And he's like, okay. 
Yeah, sure. you. Yeah, and I mean, I think, like, Natasha picks her sweetie pies really well because it's like, well, you're also a hero and I'm probably going to have to watch you die. And, like, that's freaking life. Yeah. That's how life is for people like us. That's her tragedy is that she knows that she can never truly escape her past. Man, that's tough because I see that makes me want her to date the Hulk even more because the Hulk probably is never going to die. I know. Well, she is functionally immortal uh, because the, you know, nanites or whatever keep her young. So, yeah. I mean, I think that she and him could just like move out to that Hawaiian island that he's trying to live on and uh, she Hulk and... Make some yeah. weird babies if they want. They, they probably would be don't. weird babies. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be like, or have you thought about kids anymore? And she's going to be like, yeah, I thought about it. I told you immediately I do not ever want them. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It will, it will kill me. <laughs> yeah. Your children will explode out of my yeah. uterus. We don't even know if you don't hulk out in the middle of coitus. Oh, no. That's a great point. Is it just anger or any kind of emotional arousal? We don't know. We, we don't we haven't, know. We haven't been down that road. We don't know. I think you and I need to write this comic book. Yeah. Where Hulk, Hulk goes on trial for having sex with a lady and <laughs> Hulk's out and tears her apart. Adam, all I can say to you is Hulk smash. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Who's got the better team? Because <sighs> Ethan Hunt's got Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames. I mean, John Voight for a hot second, so that one doesn't really count. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeremy Renner. See, this is interesting because now the both battle of, of the Renners. <gasps> right. And essentially, he's just Hawkeye in that, too. Yeah. I don't know who we're kidding. He's Hawkeye that much as <laughs> Ethan Hunt is Tom Cruise. Again, love the dude. He's just sort of always rendering around. Seems like a lovely guy. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas Hawkeye in the comics, I do think is very extremely cool because like, sure, a Robin Hood character with a bow and arrow, he's fighting aliens yeah. who can time jump and he always comes out ahead with a bow and arrow. But we're not talking about him. We're talking about the team. I mean, her team is the Avengers. That Yeah, you guys have a god. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, I got to go with that. I can't compete with that. Sorry, yeah. That's true. But I think the one caveat I will make is an annoying thing that happens to Natasha a lot is that she dates a guy and he goes, and you're my sidekick now. Uh, it happened with Daredevil, kind of happened with Hawkeye. Um, mm -hmm. Who knows? It could have happened with the Hulk, although, again, I trust Ruffalo. Um, so, like, the team ups for her often end badly because she's like, I'm not a sidekick. And it's very clear that Ethan is always the star. Well, I, I mean, he just walks into a room and exerts, you all work for me now. <laughs> and there's a good chance 90% of you are going to die. Yeah. And you go, I'll follow you into hell because you're Tom Cruise. Right. And he's letting you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over this. Yeah. Which one would you rather be? That's, I mean, for the purposes of the show, Ethan Hunt. But for the purposes of your heart? I think you get to go to space if you're Black Widow. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Like, you spend a lot of your time in space. Yeah, yeah. Too much. Yeah. That's, I'm, if I'm asking myself that question, I'm torn. Because I don't want to have to have the trauma of, like, growing up with a bunch of little girls who are all being trained to be murderers and getting, like, slapped around by Russians. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to say Ethan Hunt because I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to do this. But space. Damn it. Yeah. And your friends are so cool. You're just doofing around up there on a hovercraft with your boys. Yeah. 
Although I will say, hanging it seems around like, with scrolls. Yeah, Ethan probably gets more downtime between huge adventures. Like it seems like he gets to enjoy his life. Yeah, and I mean, I, this is probably more about a Tom Cruise thing, but I think I've established he is Ethan Hunt. He's going to get into some weird like. He's going to meet some guru in like India and then make you do whatever that guy does when he gets back. Yeah, because he's going to be like, no, no, babe, you don't understand. This guy makes me better at my job. And you're going to be like, what? But I know, Ethan, but I'm a teacher. (laughs) What he's saying doesn't make sense. I want to teach these elementary school kids. (laughs) Honey, please. It's three o'clock in the morning. Can I read you another quote that I found about, or not a quote, but a a line that I read about his wife? Please. They were happy for a while, but their marriage was tainted every time they heard about a disaster due to Ethan's potential to prevent them from happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anytime, anytime something happens, say they're sitting down having Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And you hear about some oil rig off the coast of Alaska, she knows that that dinner's over. Yeah. Or you're sitting down having Thanksgiving they, dinner yeah. and you're like, great news. My mom is going to stay with us for three days. And he's like, oh, what was that? Oh, I think I heard on the... Well, there's a, oh, there's a civil war happening that I need to go fix yeah. in Croatia. That's the sitcom. Uh, yeah. A spy who can't stand his mother-in-law. <laughs> so he fakes world disasters. Or she, it could be, but we could be, we could marry the two. Sure. Sure. Yep, why yep. not? Um, and then he well, comes that's... back in and he's covered in soot and she's like, where were you? He's like, I was changing the gas. I was, you know, when you have to take the gas out of your car and put new gas in. He hates his mother-in-law so much. <laughs> he made up a car thing. Yeah, it's um, not even a real car thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really torn. Do I want the trauma earlier or the trauma now? I'm just not sure. I can't decide. It's has, coming either way. Who has better outfits? Ethan Hunt because they make certain Ethan Hunt because they make special skydiving helmets for him. Okay. Okay. Like production makes new and like military grade research scientists make a gear for him so he can make a movie. Okay. Before the Black Widow movie, I would have agreed with you because I would have said that all Natasha ever gets to wear is a black cat suit, like a pleather outfit. But in the new movie, she yeah. wears a cool white outfit. So yeah, she does. Yeah, she has two good outfits, and it sounds like Ethan's kind of just got helmets. I like that they were like, "It's in the snow," so put her in a white version of uh-huh. what she's been wearing for the last ten years uh-huh. with a little piping. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've compared all of the essential categories, such as trauma th- outfits. Powers. Relationships. Relationships, of course, always important. Uh, is there anything mm-hmm. else that you feel like we absolutely have to compare? I mean, there, there's so much. I want to talk about that, how the train sequence at the end really kind of set everything else into motion. How Brian De Palma wanted a train sequence before anything had been written in the script. <laughs> I forgot it's <laughs> De Palma. Yeah, it's, it's De Palma. It's Brian De Palma. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. Yeah, and like the effects supervisor was debating physics with him, <laughs> and Brian De Palma told him, "We're making a movie, not a physics class. Get a life. Get a life. I respect you as a collaborator, but get a life, you fucking nerd." There, like a small part of me kind of respects Tom Cruise and how insane he is. Yeah, yeah. And I think if it wasn't for Scientology, I, that's the kind of thing I admire in people like Michael Jordan or. 
you know, whoever. Like, it's something you admire in somebody, but he's attached to those weirdos. Yeah, where it's just like you will put your entire body on the line. You don't care if you completely destroy yourself for this. And yeah. if we're if we're talking actors, I do think Scientology is worse than Scarlett Johansson saying she would still work with Woody Allen. That's bad. And also being like, I have no problem taking yeah. roles from Asian women. That's bad. That's bad. But yeah, it's bad. Where's Shelley Miscavige? But it's not cult bad. Yeah. Yeah. And also between you, me, and Ryan, I think he knows that it's mostly bullshit. But he gets to do cool stuff. Mm. So he goes, I'll show up to your thing and accept your medal and stuff. And give as long as you buy me that ho- hotel I want. <laughs> well, I think we've done a, a truly mathematically precise job of comparing these characters on every possible point. So I think that all we can do now is throw to an ad break and come right back with some games. All right. All right, everybody, welcome back to round two of this extremely exciting episode of Versus. In round two, of course, Adam and I each get to pick one game to play with each other from a list of various game ideas that our dastardly producers have put together. And this week, Adam, I hope you're ready because I am challenging you to another genre swap. Ah, okay. Genre swap, of course. One of my faves is when you have two minutes to pitch me a movie, a book, some other uh, story starring Ethan Hunt in a genre that he has never existed in. And I'm going to tell you now what genre I would like that to be. Are you ready? Yeah. Please give me an Ethan Hunt animated children's show. I so was like a, the same thing. Okay. <laughs> like a like a wholesome you nothing nothing harsher than Powerpuff Girls. Give me okay. the Ethan Hunt Saturday morning cartoon. So uh Ethan Hunt, real world Ethan Hunt wakes up one morning and he's a cartoon and he doesn't know how he got there, but he's in a hospital bed, his legs are up in wraps, his whole he looks looks like a mummy, you know, like the cartoon mummy. He's like, what happened? And he finally gets out. For whatever reason, he blinks himself out of the out of the cast and he just gets out because it's a cartoon world we're living in. And then he runs into a talking plant and a talking potato in the hospital. It turns out this is a hospital that is for horses. <laughs> and these this plant and these potatoes, they're set to be ate by the horses because the Kentucky Derby's coming up. And the only reason he was at the horse hospital was because he got hurt by a horse track and they took him there. So he's going to get the potato and the plant out of this horse hospital by any means necessary. <laughs> but it's going to be tough because cranky janitor Leonard Dutka, Polish World War II veteran, <laughs> is running around, and he's he won't have any nonsense at his hospital. It's got to be spick and span, and that's it. Get out, man, if it's not. So they got to devise all these traps and all of these, like, spy-level type cartoon horse hospital gags and, and effects to get away from the janitor. And they finally do. And then they're out into the world where they're solving mysteries in different towns across this cartoon horse world that they're living mm. in. Beautifully done. Right? It's a horse hospital. They thought he was a horse. Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't even... I forgot to tell you the most important oh my God, part. Please. He's got horse parts in him now. <laughs> he's got horse parts in him now because they had to replace his human parts with horse parts. Yeah, so it's he's even faster and braver now. Right. 
but then at episode two, it kicks in that he wants to eat the potato and the plant <gasps> because of the horse parts in him, but he's fighting that oh, part of him that wants to nature. eat him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. You've teed up a really, this is one of those shows. It's like, it's like adventure time. It's like four kids, but it's like, what are kids even mm-hmm. getting out of this? The themes are so grown up. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's like friends for kids. <laughs> yeah. A show with really grown up, mature themes and humor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and we fat shame everybody. Yeah, in the yeah, show. yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, well, I will, I will kick it over to you. I'd like to hear the same genre to take Black Widow out of, and I would like to see Black Widow put in. You know what I want to see? I want to see Black Widow in a rom com where her and her partner adopt a dog. Wow! Thank you so much. The title of this film is, of course, uh, Mutter Russia. Um, Black Widow is um, living in New York. She's new to this city. She's a, she's a girl on the go. She's always fighting crime in the big city. But um, then she finds out that she has inherited a dacha in the forests of Siberia. So she goes back. It's a little bit the seagull, too. She goes back to the old birch farm or whatever, and living there is this honky caretaker of the estate. Um, And she's like, well, this is embarrassing. I'm a city girl, and you're a country guy? Um, And so first they don't like each other. But then one night they hear barking and this uh dog has run onto the estate and uh black widow's first instinct of course is to um <laughs> get it in a chokehold and just kill it and the caretaker says no 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 um it's a it, there's an old russian superstition that when a dog shows up you will fall in love. Um, And so, of course, then they start falling in love as they're taking care of this injured dog. Uh, She injured it, um, but they're nursing it back to health. And uh, they realize that actually they're perfect for each other. But, oh, no, mother must sell the estate. Now I'm just doing a fully depressing Russian play. It's the cherry orchard. They've got to sell the orchard because they're out of money and the serfs, they're all going to, they can't support the serfs anymore. Um, but, uh, sure. it all ends happily when, um, the dog digs up some human bones and then they get a reward for finding the person who was buried there. Um, and they have enough money to save the estate and they fall in love and they get married. Uh, and then Hulk shows up and she goes, Hey, I could marry two men. Um, and it works out great. The end. God, he is so patient with her with the no, 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 no. There's an old saying. If you this kill dog, like a dream you become dog. Yeah. Then she has two that, big yeah. hunky husbands. <sighs> All right, Adam. All right, well, you know what? Enough of hunky husbands and turning into dogs. Let's get serious. I want to throw a game at you called Stunt-O-Rama, Caitlin. I would like you in the next 30 seconds to devise a dastardly stunt, an over-the-top, completely <laughs> insane, what haven't we seen in a Marvel movie yet for Black Widow to accomplish. I literally can't. Wait to hear you try and think of a stunt that is crazier than a stunt that Tom Cruise has already done. But okay, here we go. I know, it's going to be hard. (laughs) 
I already told you that I have been waiting and longing for uh, dance to show up in these movies. There's nothing I love more than a cool dance number. Well, guess what, baby? Black Widow was trained as a ballerina at the Bolshoi Ballet, and she's a freaking killer. So while she is at a ballet performance um, from one of her old friends from her school days, uh, a bunch of commandos rappel down from the flies, and they start attacking the ballerinas, and the ballerinas are like, I'm not a killer, and she's like, I am. And so to the tune of uh, the sugar plum waltz from the Nutcracker, she's just like, she's roundhouse kicking, she's climbing up the ropes, and then she's dropping down in the splits to whap two guys at the same time uh, and she puts on ballet shoes and I don't know if you know this but there's wood at the end of those so she's just doing pirouettes and just like footes again over and over and over right in the nuts Um, and then at the end of it she does a back hanging spring back into the booth and she shuts off the music and she says and that's how you ballet I'm sweating I said 30 seconds I meant a minute I'm very sorry don't even worry about it because I took as much time as I wanted Hell yeah, that's what Black Widow would do. She takes what she wants. Adam, I absolutely can't wait for this. Let's get 60 seconds back on the clock. Please give me a stunt that is so insane that Tom Cruise would balk. We're going to call this one Jonah and the Whale. Uh, We've seen everything happen so far with planes, trains, and automobiles, but we're going to go underwater. (laughs) Tom Cruise Javier Bardem, Clive Owen, and Natasha Henstridge all have to fight inside the belly of an actual whale. (laughs) They get digested, and they're sucked through the intestines of the whale, all the while fighting. And it's going to be ILM and Lucasfilm is going to have to develop these cameras that are whale whale intestine acid-proof, because they're going to be mounted to their heads, and they're going to fight. And then they're going to explode out of the whale's blowhole fighting up into the air where three F-16s will meet them mid-flight. They will hop into the cockpit, and then they will do a double barrel roll through the Grand Canyon because <laughs> we're on the Pacific Ocean, so that would make it... That's plausible to do. We're on the Pacific Ocean. That would make it plausible. They're going to they're gonna barrel roll through the Grand Canyon, and they're going to land in a field in Iowa, and they're, they're going to get the codes that save the world. <sighs> Spouting up through a blowhole into a sky yeah. to be caught by a jet. That is. Joan and the Whale working title is Pinocchio. <laughs> Thank you so much. That is um, stunning. And I can't wait for Tom Cruise to hear this and try it. He's going to do He's it. He's going to do it. Brian De Palma. That's so funny. I'm hanging outside the Celebrity Center day and night <laughs> trying to get him to look at the script. Tom Cruise does feel like the kind of guy who would just take a script from a guy and then be like, this is pretty good. I think if I was nice to him, yeah. 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 I think you could do it. Well, we've had a lot of fun here. We've had a few laughs. We've had a few exciting uh, fight scenes. But I think it's time for closing arguments. So, Adam, with your Mm -hmm. last 60 seconds here, just tell me why you think that Ethan Hunt should come out ahead. Look, as I said, it really becomes a Tom Cruise story after the first movie. And usually we talk about these characters, Caitlin, and the things we see in them that we hope to see in ourselves or that we do see in ourselves but haven't really fully accessed. And this character sort of alleviates us from that. There's no need to want to be this person because, first off, he's absolutely crazy. And second, none of us can do what he does. So just sit back. Enjoy. Watch this man put himself through hell for your entertainment. 
It's the same reason you enjoy UFC. It's the same reason you enjoy the Faces of Death videos. It's not you. So just sit back and enjoy just a rare gift, a gem that we have in the world by the name of Ethan Hunt slash Tom Cruise, because this guy's shithouse nuts, and I hope he keeps making movies for now until the time that I'm dead in the ground. I hope that too. And I hope you're not dead in the ground for another 70 years. Oh, he's going to have to live to be 130 years old or something. It's going to be awesome. If he does, then we know Xenu is real. That is true. If he makes it that far, I'll switch. Yeah. All right, Caitlin, a minute on the clock. Why is Black Widow the best? Beauty, brains, and also just a freaking good hang. Black Widow has it all. She has overcome a horrible childhood and a pretty shitty adolescence and, like, not that great of an adulthood either um, to become a person who, while she is kind of devious and untrustworthy, can ultimately be relied on to do the right thing for her friends, um, even in the midst of a civil war or um, Marvel 1602 when it's all happening in the middle of a plague. Um, everybody, please read Marvel 1602. I'm absolutely begging you on my knees. Uh, she will ultimately come through for the people that she cares about. Uh, she's cool. She's a hypnotist. Um, she is a uh, like uh, smart enough to know when she should just let someone with actual superpowers step in. I just love her vote black widow. I both very compelling arguments. I would say. I think so. Yeah. I think we've both done a bang up job here, but I think we have too. Ultimately it's not really up to us. Is it Adam? I know it's not. It's up to the listeners. So if you are one of said listeners, why don't you go ahead and email us at officialversuspodcast at gmail.com or tweet at Woodelf Media and use the hashtag versuspodcast and tell us who you think triumphed in today's battle of the sexy super spies. Uh, and until next week, we'll see you very soon. I'm Caitlin Hempstead. I'm Adam Peacock. Bye. Versus is a Wood Elf original series, executive produced by Rob Herding, David Henning, Ryan Middledorf, Caitlin Hempstead, and Adam Peacock. Produced by Tom Breck. Original music by Darren Johnson. Edited by Neely Oftering. Are you a Marvel fan? Matt, you know I am. Jeff, I was asking the listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it seemed like a weird question because, you know, we've been doing a Marvel podcast together for t- nine years now. No, no, I was trying to grab the attention of all the Marvel fans out there for this ad. Oh. I thought it was weird, too. You should definitely warn us. Good note, Ashley. Well, if you like Marvel movies and TV as much as we do, join us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. He did it again. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.